from Luke 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Carninus was the governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in the manger because there was no guest room available for them. And the shepherds, living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at, the shepherds, at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Friends, a message about joy and about peace. Yesterday afternoon, Dane and I were watching a little video, a cartoon video, about peace and about this particular passage of scripture. And in it, there was this little Lego kid, and he was um, asking, you know, what is peace? Is peace like another piece of Lego? And anyway, and the sister or mom figure was saying, no, it's like peace of mind. I need peace of mind. I need peace of mind. And then the grandpa couldn't hear very well, but he heard him talking about peace, and he says, yeah, I'll have a piece of pie. Well, that wasn't very helpful. And so she said, no, I'm trying to explain to the little one about peace. And then the grandpa said, oh, peace. Peace is when we're in a right relationship with God and with harmony with others. It was a cute little video. Well, this passage is about joy and it's about peace. And don't you know that we need peace in this world? If we look at the headlines just in the last week, we've heard about travel and we've heard about taxation. Yes? Have you heard a little bit about travel and taxation? So travel, AAA was forecasting 107 million Americans were going to be traveling over this holiday season. 3.5 million people in Michigan were going to travel 50 miles or more. So 
People are traveling by automobile, by plane, by bus, by train. They didn't mention walking or animals. But people were traveling lots and lots of miles. That's what's happening in 2018 during this Christmas season. Also taxes and discussions about taxes and tax change. And really, in some ways, maybe not much has changed in 2018 years. Because in our passage today, they were thinking about these very things, about travel and taxation. You see, Mary and Joseph, they needed to travel. They needed to go up from Nazareth. They needed to go south, but they needed to go up to Bethlehem. They needed to go to a higher elevation. They were traveling about 70 miles. And friends, they weren't getting a cushioned seat. They didn't have a covered place to wait for the bus. There was no bus coming by. And she was very, very pregnant. And she was going to travel about 70 miles to go to Bethlehem. Why were they going to Bethlehem? Well, it had to do with taxation. The Roman Empire had said everybody needed to register, and it was about taxes or military service. They were exempt from military service because they were Israelites, but they did need to go and register. Now, this is really, really interesting, and I imagine it created some stress, and they needed some peace of mind. And yet they could have peace of mind, and I want to tell you how and how we can have peace of mind today, no matter what's happening around us. All right, I want to tell you about some amazing details in this story. In this story, it's about taxes and travel. It's about Jesus being born in a particular place and a particular time. And a thousand years before Jesus was born, the Lord told King David this. He said, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. You're going to have somebody on the throne. The Lord's telling King David who's an ancestor of Jesus, a thousand years ahead of time. And then as we've been looking at the Psalms over the past weeks, seeing and savoring Jesus, we've been looking at the Psalms, and these Psalms in Psalm 2 and 18 and 22 were prophesying about a Messiah, a Deliverer, a Savior who was going to come. And the Lord made mention of that a thousand years before he was born. 760 years before he was born, there was this prophecy about Jesus from Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 760 years before Jesus was born, there was this pre-birth announcement, if you will, about Jesus coming. Jesus' parents were from Nazareth, and yet they had to make a trip down to Bethlehem. Why did they need to? Well, yes, it was about a mandate from the Roman Empire, but it was about something that the Lord had said 698 approximately years before Jesus was born. The prophet Micah said this, Micah 5 Verse 2, but you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will rule over Israel, 
whose origins are from old and ancient times. Are you seeing this trend? That there is a God, a God above all gods, who knows every detail, every amazing detail, and he can work through earthly leaders who call for a taxation, but they don't really understand that they're part of God's plan of bringing about the fulfillment of prophecy so that every little detail of Jesus' birth will be exactly as God foretold. Friends, I don't know about you, but this in my heart has been stirring this week, thinking we serve a God who, like no matter what is happening in this world and who is an earthly ruler and what they're doing, God's purposes, his kingdom purposes are going to be fulfilled. He sees every detail and he works it out perfectly so that Mary and Joseph can go to Bethlehem because that was actually where his ancestor, David, whose great-grandma was Ruth, and that was her hometown. And so he was going back to where, just like we sometimes travel to grandmas or great-grandmas, he was going back to his origins that went back a thousand years. This is going to his hometown so that he would be born exactly where the Lord said he was going to be born. Amazing details that make us say glory to God in the highest. One who understands the whole history and has the whole history planned out. This was a glorious announcement. Baby announcements, they're kind of cute, aren't they? Don't you like to see like a Snapchat or an Instagram or somebody maybe still sends a hard cuppy picture of a little sweet baby and this is how many pounds and ounces they were and they were born on this day and they were this many inches long and you look at those little cheeks. Well, this was an announcement that blows my mind. It was before electronic big screens or anything else. Up in the heavens, the heavens part and an angel comes. And an angel announces this baby's birth. Because who is the father? This is God's son. This is God most high. His son has been born in Bethlehem. And there's this announcement. And the angel comes to proclaim the announcement of his birth. And then there's this host of heavenly angels that comes. And the brilliance, the light, the beauty of those angels The shepherds are afraid. It says they feared the fear. Like it was so fearful of them. Like seeing this bright sky full of angels. It was a company of heavenly hosts. And we think, oh, cute, with the little wings and stuff. This was army angels. This was a host. This was army angels filling the sky so full that there was no way that you could comprehend the number of the angels that were there. This is a proclamation. This is a gospel that is being spoken. This is more than a birth announcement. This is a gospel. And the gospel, when a gospel was said in the Old Testament, this was the proclamation of a new ruler. And so in non-biblical text, you would read that so-and-so the king was deposed and another king came and they came and heralded good tidings. This is good news because we're under a different kingship. That would be a gospel proclamation. We're under new rulership. And it would bring hope of something better. 
something better that was to come. And so the Lord, yes, it's a birth announcement, but it is more than that. It's the announcement of a new king, a new ruler who is over all rulers. And this king has come, and he's come in Bethlehem. And the shepherds, they leave their flocks, and they go, and it's exactly what had been said. Exactly. Every detail, down to the little baby, this new king is in a manger, in an animal feeding trough. And there is the sign, and that's kind of an unusual sign, isn't it? It's good news. I'll get back to the unusual in a minute, but let's think about the good news that's been proclaimed. Here is a Savior, a Messiah, and a Lord. A Savior, somebody who's come to rescue us, somebody who's come to deliver us from sin. We needed a Savior, and the Lord has sent a Savior. He rescues us from the enemy. How many of you have an enemy? You don't need to raise your hand, but I already see some hands going up. You don't need to raise. But you know what? Jesus comes to be our rescuer. Jesus comes to be our Messiah. That word means the anointed king in the line of David. And so he comes with this anointing, this empowerment by the Holy Spirit and the authority of the kingdom of God to rule and reign forever. And it says he is Lord. This is God fulfilling. He is Emmanuel, God with us. This is the only place in the New Testament that you see those three words, Savior, Messiah, Lord, all together. This has given us the full picture of who Jesus is. He's Messiah, he's Savior, he's Lord. And this is good news because I don't know about you, Have you ever had any worry? Have you ever had any worry and you needed peace of mind? Because you've got a problem. Maybe you've got, you're in transition. Maybe you're looking for a job. Maybe you're traveling and you don't know how you're going to get there. Maybe you've got relationship difficulties. I don't know what that is that worries your mind. But he comes as the Prince of Peace. We can give every one of these details that worry us so much and go, we serve a God who can work out the details over thousands of years. Check this out. He did not do that DNA testing on Joseph and Mary. God just knew. After all those years, God just knew. These people are from this family. These people are. I can entrust them to be the parents and raise Jesus because this will be the fulfillment of prophecy. I mean, think about it. Just think about that. God knew a thousand years of genealogy, and he found the right people, and he brought them together and said, this is going to be who's going to, I'm going to entrust to raise my son. Is there a detail in your life that you have today that you need to trust somebody? And it would be so helpful. It would give you peace to be able to trust the details. This is the God we serve. We can trust him. We can trust him with the diagnosis. We can trust him with our feelings of loneliness. He knows, he sees, 
and he sent Jesus to be God with us. He gives us peace instead of worry when we trust in him. He saves us from a boatload of sin. Now listen, these shepherds were about, Bethlehem is about five, six, seven miles away from Jerusalem. And they were shepherds taking care of sheep. Well, the purpose of those sheep being out there were, it was like, if here's the center of Grand Rapids, and if we had the temple here, and that's where the sacrificial system was, it would be like going out to the Jenison or Allendale area, and they're farming, taking care of the sheep, because they're going to be used for sacrifice. And so Bethlehem had lots of shepherds out there and sheep because they were probably going to be used for the temple for sacrifice. And so who does the Lord come and make this announcement to? He makes this announcement to shepherds who are always thinking and aware of the magnitude of sin in our lives because there had to be the payment for sin over and over and over again. This would be like somebody coming and saying, We have the solution for pollution and all the trash, and they come and they announce it to the landfill people. Well, the landfill people are definitely aware of our trash problem, right? The Lord comes and announces it to the shepherds. And I love that. Think about that. He came and announced it to people that were aware of the sin problem. And friends, you and I have a sin problem. We are bound, unless we have been released by Jesus, we are bound and we are facing death and all the consequences of sin in our lives. And yet here Jesus comes to be our Messiah, to lift sin off, to rescue us from the kingdom of darkness because he's our new king. And so as we, can, as we serve him, as we believe in him, This is what it says. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And so how do you know if his favor is resting on you? How do you know if his favor is resting on me? It's if our lives are oriented to him and we believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord. This is who's come. This is who's come into the earth. This is why we celebrate the day of Christmas, is the new king has come, and we can orient our lives to him and say yes and receive that gift. And friends, we don't have to worry then about what's going to happen. Mary, she didn't know how this was all going to turn out, but she pondered these things in her heart. That doesn't mean that she just was wondering about it. That means she believed it, And she just kept dwelling on whatever she had heard from the Lord as truth, even while she watched the circumstances play out in her life and in her son's life. Because you see, this baby came as a baby. And if you only come to church on Christmas, you hear about the baby and you might think, well, what's so significant about a baby? But you see, if you've been here before and if you come in the future days, you're going to hear about Jesus who grew up and laid down his life as that final payment for sin, once and for all, rescues us from a different kingdom. And so it's heralding the good news. It's proclaiming the good news, peace on earth and goodwill to men. 
today is a day for us to have joy and peace. No matter what we're facing, no matter what the circumstances, we can believe and know that there is a God most high. And he sent his son Jesus in the form of a baby. Let's pray.